Welcome to Not Safe for Network. I'm Biggs. I'm Brandon. And I'm Carl. Uh, so before we started, I just wanted to note we got our Patreon up and running. So we've got an episode we all sat down and did for an intellectual property fantasy draft where we went across all franchises. I think we got some Harry Potter and some Star Wars and some Star Trek and some other things in there. Some Doctor Who. Just like a big mishmash of things. And uh, very contentious. We need people to listen to it and give us a winner on it. Uh, there's also a couple episodes of Box Office Battle on there. One where we cover Fantastic Four versus Army of Darkness. This is the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Doctor Strange TV movie versus the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And there's a commentary for The Day the Earth Stood Still. And next week, there will be an episode that Carl, Brandon, and I were all on. So uh, please check that out. It's like five bucks a month. And you get an original episode every month and then some stuff that's no longer available in the subsequent weeks. Let's jump into some news here. So uh, the first thing I have noted, the only thing I have noted is the She-Hulk trailer dropped. And of course, <laughs> the internet loved it across the board and there was no issues. No notes. Yep. No yep. corrections. Perfect. Nothing to- yeah. Perfection. Uh, people in particular liked the CGI on this <laughs> and how they made Jennifer Walters look. So way to go, Marvel. Another yep. feather in your cap. <laughs> yeah. No, of course, the internet hated it because the internet hates everything. <laughs> you know what occurred to me is, so I do have, I'm forced to agree that the CGI looks very bad. But I did notice that it's bad in different ways in each sequence like it doesn't look the same from it's not like oh it's bad for the same reason every time because it looks it looks different every time that's actually one of the things i found jarring and you know what i think this is my theory i have a theory i think that that trailer is not just a trailer but it's also like a bunch of animators pitching to their boss of like i should be the one they all each sequence was animated by a different person and they were all like pitching at their boss well, we've heard multiple things as the fallout has. I haven't heard read any on. of it, so I'm pure speculation. Okay, so one thing that I heard was this was because a Disney shareholder meeting just happened, and whenever that happens, they have to drop a bunch of stuff to show like, hey, we're working on things. Let's yep. get the hype train going. Last year, we talked about this in depth because they dropped a ton of trailers and things for us to talk about. This year, they dropped She-Hulk, and apparently they rushed the special effects sequences. Yep. They were not ready for it when it came out. I mean, it seems obvious right now the interesting thing about that was i was listening to somebody talk about this on the watch and it was a guy who ran the show briar patch and he was saying that they had some special effect shots to do but they had a similar thing they had a shareholder meeting they had to rush together a trailer and so those shots they had to rush special effect shots and as a result they were locked in. They didn't have the budget to undo it. So it is possible because the shareholder meeting happens that like that's just the special effects we're going to get for those individual scenes but it could be that the rest of them are better because they have more time so it might be glitchy for certain moments from the trailer now that's just speculation but it sounded like somebody who kind of knew what they were talking about too so i would take that to heart the other thing is that there was an animator who had mentioned on twitter before it dropped that he kept getting 
the higher ups from Disney saying, take down the muscles, take down the muscles, take down the muscles, like over Yo, and I over again. I can see again. that for sure. Studio interference. They just can't <laughs> handle ladies with muscles. I bet you they said this had the same comment on Lady Thor. I bet you they had the same comment on all of them. All of them. Gamora, but Scarlet. Lady Thor, we did get some muscles on. I know. And I bet you they were going to be more. I yeah. bet you that is toned down. Yeah. It's you know, possible. there were the same comments in uh, Encanto. Like the one strong character, like the fans really love that character, but they just kept toning her down and toning her down and toning her down. There's this like one to where body she's type. just like a big woman, but she's not ripped muscles. When I first watched it, nothing stood out to me. Even like I was trying to rewatch the CGI when you guys came up, so I didn't get to finish it because I didn't catch any of the bad CGI. Like I just sort of watched the trailer, and I don't know if I just watch it differently. Did you watch than other it on people. your phone? Yeah, every okay. time. <laughs> See, I watched it on my big 55 inch television. So very, very much obvious. more, very obvious. Yeah. But, uh, Whew, and, like, and, there is Uncanny Valley stuff, and they, like, her eyes literally change shape and size between scenes. Like, it right. feels like I said, it feels like different people. And, like I said, I was going back to hunt, but didn't get a chance. But, uh, one thing that didn't occur to me was the musculature because. That's how she looked when I grew up with She-Hulk. And then it was pointed out to me, yeah, but when did you see She-Hulk? And I was like in like 80s. And it's like, yeah, that was kind of like a way more sexist time for comics, like the 80s and 90s in particular. Females were pretty cookie cutter the way that they put them up, right? Tend to be slim, like scantily clad. Right. Or, or like, honestly, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, she's very slim and slender. She, she does have muscles. But she doesn't have, like, more muscles. She has the regular musculature of an average fit woman her age, human woman, you know. Uh, they kind of hide that stuff. There's, like, a hidden inner strength that gives them their extra power, you know, kind of thing. So they can still be hot. But even that is, like, a per, a, a, a subjective opinion. Hot, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. you could add, like, 30 pounds of muscle onto those all of those women. And there would be tons of men and other women that would find those characters hot still, you know? And what's funny is like that scene in the trailer when she's carrying the other muscle guy, like a baby cradling him, that's going to awaken some shit in some dudes that are going to be like, I do still want to be the little spoon, even though I turn myself into this big steroid monster. No offense to you handsome chiseled gentleman. <laughs> no i'll say the offense fuck you guys <laughs> they have every right to do that i don't have the discipline or the inner desire to run on a treadmill or lift weights every single day so hey more power to them yeah i like to cross train when i work out but that's never gonna like have a bunch of muscles show up on me it's just gonna hopefully slim me down i haven't done that shit for years so obviously <laughs> i like to watch seven episodes of a tv show in a row you know, yeah, that's I, my thing. I did that today. <laughs> I do that every day, <laughs> almost, <laughs> most days. Vangelis died, composer for Blade Runner soundtrack and Chariots of Fire, I guess. That's what he, yeah, that's what he gets all the credit for. He's done other shit too. He was Chariots like in of his fire, 70s. There was like a hugely used piece because. Uh. It's so funny. Most people haven't actually seen Chariots of Fire. No, and it's, that, it's a song, very boring movie. The but song, that song has, has legs yep. way farther than that. It's very good. Like, it's got a lot of fucking like 
power to it. Yeah. You know, that guy could create a mood. He knew atmosphere. Dude, Chariots of Fire, the movie, not a classic. National Lampoon's Vacation is a classic. And Chariots of Fire is in there when they open Wally World and they go running out like into Wally World. Right. Like that was a song that was destined to be used seriously in parody. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, most people know the song without now, that's a fucking legacy. any reference for what the movie is. <laughs> that's a legacy I can get behind. Do it's you like, know what the movie's about? I'm just out of Chariots of Fire? Yeah. Uh, is it about a track racer? Like a runner? Yeah, yeah. I okay. think so. Blade but, Runner, very, very influential soundtrack. Oh, uh, yeah. Like very, very influential. I know I've heard so many musicians who cite that soundtrack for everything that they did with uh with synth work. Like it really, really did change music, at least in terms of scoring for a while. So you'll be missed. Bit a giant. Um made you one of the giant will not be missed because your music lives on and to be honest, you'd made what you were gonna make. So <laughs> We weren't expecting another masterpiece from you. We we appreciate what you've done. You've earned your rest. Have a good one. We're going to keep listening to your songs. <laughs> I saw Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus, not in theaters. <laughs> that was in theaters? No, it was not in theaters. I was going to say, I did not see it on Cinemark. But when, uh, when John Mulaney and Andy Samberg, who play Chippendale, respectively, were on the Jimmy Kimmel show, they said not in theaters so many times. Like they repeated the phrase Chippendale rescue Rangers, not in theaters <laughs> so many times. It's pretty good. I mean, did you like uh, who framed Roger rabbit? I did. Um, then you'll probably like this. It has the same intelligence. It's got a story that is accessible to kids, but it's not even really a story for kids. It's a reunion story, you know? So they're expecting the people to watch that are watching it. You don't necessarily need to have nostalgia for Chippendale specifically, but if you have nostalgia for the era that they came from, then you will like this movie. I would say Who Framed Roger Rabbit is kind of done in a similar way as well, because it's a noir story. That is yep. actually borrowing parts of like Chinatown and all these. No, this is the same thing. Our movies. This is exactly the same thing. They yeah. they followed that formula precisely, and it works. Like they throw in the dynamic of the buddies trying to reconcile their friendship as well, and they have like uh, the human detective. There's a human detective. Uh, but Who like plays the, the human detective. Uh, I'm not sure her name. Uh, She's young. She's new. I think this might be one of her. She might be known for other things, but this is the first time I saw her. But like, uh, aside from the two guys, you've got like the villain is Sweet Pete, who is a middle-aged, beer-gutted, uh, five o'clock shadowed Peter Pan, voiced by Will Arnett, and it's perfect. Uh, the police chief is uh, like a Gumby-style animation character. Like stop motion? Yeah, made of clay. And with the same abilities, like essentially then as uh, T-1000 because he's made of clay. So there's like a fight scene where he's moving like T-1000 and <laughs> he's voiced by J.K. Simmons, which is amazing. Oh, the two henchmen of the villain are the Coca-Cola bear and a Viking voice by Seth Rogen that looks like 
he's from Beowulf, like the the Robert Zemeckis era of like Polar Express and just really fucking weird looking oh, fucked up animation. Keegan Michael <laughs> Key voices a uh Swedish cheesemonger Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> And like, <clears throat> there's this, at one point they go, cause they go to this part of town. They're, they're looking for the criminal element. And so they go to this part of town and like all of the characters in this part of town are just like the nicest cartoons you've ever seen. But behind that, like they use that, they use that surface level charm to hide all their criminal activity. <laughs> so that's like the most dangerous part of town is like the nicest cartoony part of <laughs> happy part of town where everyone's singing and peeling apples and singing a song together. Okay. I got to know gadget. Is she hot in this? If gadget looks the same as she did in the cartoon. Oh, so if yeah. you thought she was hot <laughs> in the original cartoon, I did, they did not update gadget. They did have her marry the, the zipper flea and give them a bunch of fly mouse hybrid babies. He must have had some real BDE to pull and that off with gadget. He <laughs> is voiced by, uh, a, just a very, very deep masculine, like voice. Sam Richardson, I think is this the guy's name. Yeah, no, it's a fun one. You should check it out. Uh, watch it with your kids. Don't watch it with your kids. Just watch it. It's fun. What's the plot? It's mostly about the two buddies finding their equilibrium with each other. Reconciling. You know, there's, yeah, there's resentments from when they were little. They actually retconned them meeting because in the beginning of Rescue Rangers, they meet, I think, of the cartoon. But that actually, see, that's just a show. In this movie, Rescue Rangers, just a show. They're just actors. So they actually met in first grade. Did you ever notice that Chip in the old cartoon is dressed like Indiana Jones and Dale is dressed like Magnum P.I.? I I think that's intentional. Yeah. And Chip does wind up in his classic Indiana Jones costume because of reasons, pretty, pretty lazy reasons. Honestly, <laughs> like, I'm not going to say there aren't some lazy. It's not kind of lazy at points, you know, like, but I mean, that's also kind of a lot of it is meta commentary on reboots and the nature of that whole thing. And so um, sometimes it's things are cliched, but that's the point. Even like having it be about the nature of reboots has already been done so many times that it is a cliche at this point. Yeah. Spoiler alert. J.K. Simmons, the police chief, winds up betraying them all and being part of the villain group. Right. And they are trying to decide if it's the human cop lady or the, the chief. Like, which one is betraying us? It has to be one of them. And they're like, it can't be the chief. That's too much of a cliche. And then it is the chief. And they're like, God, that is a cliche. And he's just like, yeah, so what? Who cares if it's a cliche? It works. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it became a cliche because it worked and then it kept working. And it's like, hey, they got a point. (laughs) You know, at a certain point, if we are mad that the cliche is happening, then why do we continue to support the things that the cliches happen in? So how is Andy Samberg in this? He's fine. He's dead. No, no, no. How is he in this? Is he like a human? Is he like a voice? He is. The voice of Dale. Okay. I know nothing about this movie oh, other than what you've told me. He's the voice of Dale, and Chip is John Mulaney. Okay. And Chip is still regular animated, but Dale got the CGI upgrade plastic surgery. In this world, the CGI is like it's plastic like plastic surgery. surgery. You can get the upgrade. But then that also works 
against things because the tunes are being kidnapped and then they're being forcefully like reanimated. And sometimes they're being literally harvested for their, just for their parts. This like, sounds wonderfully fucked up. Like <laughs> at one point they're going through their, like Chip and Dale are going through this machine that's like supposed to re-edit them and they're dodging all these lasers and stuff. And then at one point Chip gets his ear like replaced with a Snoopy ear. So it's just like regular Chip, but with one ear as a Snoopy ear. And it's, and he's stuck with that for a little portion of the movie. Fantastic cast. The voice cast and the live action cast is all good. Even though it's missing some people like, where the fuck's Paul of Tompkins? Why didn't they call my buddy Paul? He's got COVID you mean right Paul now. Paul of Tompkins? Yes. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, I think he kind of largely has too, though. <laughs> That's a hard one to keep going. <laughs> to just like completely alter your name because of a joke on <laughs> yeah. a podcast. It's a stupid joke, dude. <laughs> oh. But shout out to him. He's got COVID. Him and his wife both got COVID. She got it first. I guess I'll talk about winning time a little bit. So I've been trying to to watch all of the winning time which just went off the air on hbo max and uh, well, how are we going to watch if it's off the air well it's off the air it's on hbo the, max the season finished <laughs> yeah but anyway so it's really surprisingly good it's very funny uh the cast is pretty amazing you've got john c Riley playing jerry bus i do not know the the players names like i know the actual player names but the people who they're playing they're all people I've never seen before because they had to find actors who were like six, five to like seven feet tall. So they're not people you see in movies very often. But the guy who plays Magic Johnson really kills it. And the guy who plays Kareem Abdul-Jabbar fucking nails it, dude. It's exactly everything I've heard about Kareem, which is just how thoughtful he was and how much he was into civil rights, but also was just a dick to like fans and like everybody around him like he was very standoffish which is partly why he doesn't have a bigger legacy than he does because he is clearly one of the top five players of all time right he's got six ranks he's the all-time scorer in nba history i think he's in the top three in rebounding and block shots like the dude was just amazing but like he was such a dick and so they encapsulate it in the very first scene you see with Kareem. Like, it's in the off-season, and he's doing uh, his scene from Airplane, his really famous scene. And so they show it where, like, the kid's like, hey, Mr. Mister Abdul-Jabbar, my dad says you're lazy. And he, like, grabs the kid, and he's like, listen, kid. You know, it, it goes in that whole rant. So they show that, and then they, like, kind of ring the bell, and they're done with the scene. And he goes and talks to his girlfriend. He's like, yeah, I've been trying to do what you said about, like, letting the sunshine on my inside go on the outside, and I think it's working. It's She's like, oh, good, honey. And the kid comes up and he goes, Mr. Abdul-Jabbar, I just wanted you to know you really are my favorite player. And he looks at him and he goes, fuck off. (laughs) 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 It's so fucking funny, man. Uh, They have Sally Field playing Jerry Buss's mom. So Jerry Buss was the owner of the Lakers. And basically, he bought the Lakers not really having the money to buy the Lakers. Like he had to stretch every cent and then decides he's going to build a winner. But he didn't realize that there was this whole thing where the bank was going to suddenly have this loan kick in after he bought the team. And so he was going to have to pay off this $2 million loan that he does not have. And so he's just trying to find all these ways to finagle it so that he can keep it going. Uh, You have Pat Riley coming in and he cannot deal with the fact that he can't do anything anymore. Like he is a guy in his thirties who's retired now 
because he played pro basketball first, right? Like, he even played for the Blazers. He was on the inaugural team in the 70s. He has nothing to do, and so he begs to become a color commentator, and he's not great at it, but he's working really hard at it, and then he gets roped into being an assistant coach, and you can tell that's actually what's going to work for him. And then Jason Siegel plays Paul Westhead. He's an assistant coach. He was teaching Shakespeare because he was so bad coaching a collegiate team that like he got relegated to to like just being a teacher, and so... This guy who is an assistant coach for the Blazers comes in to take over L.A., and he completely changes the offense so that they're running and gunning, which nobody had ever tried in the NBA. That's what they say in reality, like Jack Ramsey was doing it already. It was his system, but it was already being done as early as 77. But the Lakers made it very famous because they had more than one famous player doing it, and they won a lot of rings instead of one, you know? Yeah. So, like, that, they play fast and loose with a lot of stuff, but it doesn't really matter. And so this coach who comes in from the Blazers, he, like, runs training camp. They go into the beginning of the season, and they win nine straight games. And then he, like, goes out for a bike ride and then just fucking narrowly misses a car. And part of his brake comes off. And so he just slides across the pavement and gets fucked up. And so he's just, like, out of commission. And so Jason Seagal's, like, Paul Westhead has to come in and coach the team. And he has no idea what the fuck he's doing. And all the players walk all over him. And, like, one of the players who's supposed to be Spencer Haywood had talked a little shit about him and he heard that. And so even though he's the guy who should be starting, he puts him on the bench and plays, like, a doughy white guy instead of him at one point (laughs) when, like, there's no other options for, like, playing him. Like, he's just terrible at it. And Pat Riley is, like, scribbling notes on things to, like, help him out and so finally he convinces pat riley to come over and like be his assistant coach because he's drowning and he doesn't tell him that he's like on the verge of getting shit canned and so it's like pat riley wants to kick the shit out of him when he finds out about that and it's just like there's so many cons and so many things going on but it's like it's really entertaining and I know that the last episode, they spend a lot on, like, an actual game, like, in the championship, which I think famously is the one where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar couldn't play, and so Magic Johnson started at center his rookie year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he was a point guard, dude, but he was a six foot eight point guard. He was built like a power forward. So, like, they had him play center in the final game, and that's how he wound up getting finals MVP his rookie season. Like, they were going to hand it to Kareem because he was so fantastic, but because Magic, like, won that game. Too good of a story to not hand it to Magic, right? Yeah. They never show more than, like, 30 seconds of basketball at a time and never more than, like, 90 seconds an episode. It's so centered on what's going on with the players and, like, Magic dealing with, like, suddenly getting all this money and, like, being in love with Cookie, who he will eventually marry, but, like him trying to keep his sex life kind of in control right and we know that that's gonna have uh negative effects <laughs> so this later. is pre this is 1979 okay so hiv exists we just don't know about it right yeah so we see like that aspect of uh magic johnson we see kareem and how he's so upset at people because like he's very pissed off about civil rights and black men dying everywhere and nobody seems to take it seriously so he's this weird enigma who kind of keeps 
within himself. We see a little bit about... I'm glad they fixed that. Right, yeah. (laughs) We see a little bit of Larry Bird, and he's just fucking asshole, dude. He just tells everybody to fuck off. And, like, there's one part where he's like, I'm going to tell you guys because you can't do shit about it. I'm going to fake left, and then I'm going to go right and hit a jumper. And then he does it to him and just, like, destroys him (laughs) on that play. It's, like, stuff like that. Like, it's all these stories I've heard about that era of the NBA, but it's just done so well. And like the basketball, you don't even have to care about basketball because it's so centered on these people off of the court. They spent a bunch of time on Jerry West and how he was haunted by the fact that he lost to the Celtics, thinking eight straight finals to the Celtics for the championship like over and over again it was Boston versus LA with Boston beating the shit out of LA like over yeah. and over again and he finally won one because Boston didn't get to the finals like that's what <laughs> happened Boston didn't get to the finals so he got he finally got his ring but he's like haunted by it and he's mentally ill which like by the way he totally is they have this stuff where he's just like lying in his den and won't answer his door and he's like got it locked and shit so they have to like force him out and then finally like John C. Riley is telling him like put together the roster you want I don't care how much it costs don't worry about it just put together the team you want and he's like trying to rally everybody and everybody's all ready to go and Jerry West is like there's one thing we need if we're going to win the championship and he's he's like what's that and he's like I can't be your coach <laughs> so it's just like John C. Riley is just fucking bawling him out and shit but that really happened like he just gave up when he finally got handed the perfect roster because he didn't believe in himself to be able to coach like it's kind of crazy like Jerry West kind of worked behind the scenes in basketball still still works behind the scenes with teams and tends to put together winners but like doesn't do it from a position per se it's always like an advisor role like he was with the Warriors and helped put together the championship teams for them just really interesting a lot of comedians that show up in this we we also get like adrian brody playing pat riley and stuff like that like it's pretty interesting they pull a lot of big actors they intercut it with a lot of vcr footage like there will be close-ups on people but it'll look like you're watching a vhs tape and then there'll be stuff that almost looks like eight millimeter tape you'll get the little tabs on the side and stuff and so Adam McKay has this like weird style that he kind of did in Vice that he's bringing to this, but it's very entertaining. I really recommend Winning Time. And it's a tragedy because we all know what happens at the end of the story. The Lakers win championships and that's as tragic as it gets. So, <laughs> so it's, it's interesting you, cause I have been seeing it on HBO and I was like, like debating whether or not I really wanted to jump, jump into that. I don't know if this says anything for you, but everybody who made the show is not a Laker fan. <laughs> See, and and you like sitting here telling me all of this as you're sitting in a Portland Blazers jersey yeah. as we speak right now, which is funny because you got, got Jerry West sitting right there on your... I, well, yeah. Yeah, the NBA, <laughs> the NBA logo. logo. Yeah. yeah. But as... As a Portland fan, like, really talking this up, like, that actually, like, makes me kind of want to watch this now. Like, because I, I, I mean, I've just heard rumors and stuff over, over my lifetime of stuff that come out of L.A. I think you're probably going to wind up liking this movie unless you are an older Lakers fan. Like, if you're a Lakers fan who remembers all of this stuff happening, you're probably going to hate this show. You know what I mean? Because and I am not play, in that category yeah, because at all. They, like, I've caught a few things that are playing fast and loose on. But once again, it's a TV show. I don't give a fuck. I want to be entertained. And this show really does entertain. I mean, like, 
Jerry Buss is fucking crazy with how he like chases after women and things. And they show his daughter, who is now the owner of the Lakers, and she's kind of grappling with what her father really is. And she wants to please him all the time, but he's clearly like this sexist kind of douche in certain ways. But I don't know. It's very entertaining from a lot of different perspectives. I would definitely check it out. I would say in particular, if you like Moneyball, like this show does not happen without Moneyball because yeah. it's very centered on what's happening off of the field, not on it, you know? And I said field, but field doesn't really describe baseball or basketball, so... It, baseball, yeah. Yeah. I thought we'd uh, do a little bracket with uh, Razzie Awards in the past. Oh, man, shining light on the Razzies again. Jesus, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I have the last 16... 16- years of winners of the worst picture and i was gonna see go through and find the best worst picture and see if it's worth saving okay so we're basically just picking the better of these options until we have a winner yeah okay i'm wondering how many of these i've actually seen um i have seen only a few of these movies okay i mean a lot of these are real garbage all right, what's our first matchup? Okay, so actually we have one play in because one of the years they did two movies as the worst movie. So that one is a play in for the 16th sleep. Okay. Seat. And that one is Fan Four Stick versus Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, did you see either of these, Carl? Didn't see that. I saw Fantastic Four. I vote for Fantastic Four. Yeah, I, I vote for that to move on as well. I can't support anything that started out as uh, fan fiction. For Twilight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the fact that it's fan fiction bugs me enough. The fact that it's Twilight fan fiction doesn't make it that much worse because it's already <laughs> fan fiction. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's already so bad. Anyways. So that means fan stick. Is going to go up against... Uh, that is the true title as well, yeah. is it not? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is Stick forever. <laughs> it better freaking be. That would have been, if it got to a part four, that's what it would have been. Stick yeah. forever. <laughs> so it's Stick versus Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. <sighs> okay, so I've seen the first Twilight movie twice, but I've never this seen is any like of the, the sequels. This is like the seventh or whatever. This is like the it last would be of them. The fourth movie, which is the second half of the third book. <laughs> oh, well, I read the books. <laughs> I I listened to all the books on audiobook because when my daughter's mother was pregnant, that's what she did to get to sleep at night was listen to those books. But I couldn't sleep while they were playing because my my brain would hear the talking and be like, what are they saying? Listen, pay attention to that and listen to it. And so I listened to all the books and I know them all. They're... So what do you think? Is it any good? No. <laughs> it's... The, the thing, the one thing that I found entertaining about the first book was that it was incredibly long stretches of the most boring shit imaginable. And then out of nowhere, it would just be like, and then some bad vampires showed up and they fucking ripped their arms off and ripped their heads off and drank their bloods and set their bodies on fire and chopped them up into pieces. And it was like super graphic. And like the when she gets pregnant with the zombie baby in the, the third book or whatever, and she fucking the baby starts like claws its way out of her. 
And they have to like bite the vampire bite like through the umbilical cord and shit. But okay, so this is the thing. This is why Breaking Dawn Part 2 will forever lose. It is the loser. Is I am, I am decreeing this. Against Fan Forest. Okay. I am decreeing that this movie is the loser because the baby is born and then all of a sudden that fixes the love triangle because the love triangle is, as we all know. Right. And the werewolf wants to team fuck Edward, the baby, right? Team Jacob. And then Jacob sees the baby and goes, oh, that's my whole fucking world now. Yeah, gross. For the rest yeah. of. Yeah. Isn't it because of the scent? Like, and <laughs> the thing is, to, well, there's a lot of stuff with smell in this. Like, that's one of the things about, like, the vampire, like, Edward, when he first sees Bella, he's, like, making this, like, oh, oh. And they're like, because his, her smell. Yeah, I saw, I saw the first yeah, one. That's fucked yeah. up. Anyways, that movie loses forever. Yeah, I'm going to agree mm-hmm. with you because, uh, I did not like Fan Four Stick. I don't think it was quite as bad as people made it out to be. It's awful. It, it's got real problems. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's awful. But I kept hearing <laughs> worst superhero movie ever. And I'm like, guys, you should watch the Doctor Strange TV movie and get back to me. Yeah, <laughs> fucking watch Catwoman. Watch yeah, Daredevil. No shit, watch, there's a lot of movies you can watch that are worse than Fan Four Stick. I actually like... Uh, 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 Mara Wilt is was that her name? The girl that plays Yeah, but she's terrible in that movie. She's fine. I mean they they're fu- all kind of terrible in that I mean, movie. There's a lot of I mean the main cast is all like pretty big pretty name. good actors. Yeah, like, they're just, like but Michael they're, B. Jordan, you got they're all Miles Keller, like they're yeah. all miscast. Oh yeah. Every <laughs> single one of them. Yeah. It's yeah. Michael B. Jordan should have been Invisible Girl. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been awesome. Anyways, next. Fan so. Forstick ascends further to the top of the bottom of the... <laughs> it might escape if that's the only movie I've seen. It <laughs> the might... top of the bottom <laughs> of the pile. We have number two, Hillary's America, the secret history of the Democratic Party versus absolute proof. What's absolute proof? Basically the same thing as Hillary's America. Dude, you're like, an these... asshole, man. You put these together so are we these had movies, to choose are these no, which... no, so I actually... Which one of these movies is made by the Daily Wire? <laughs> I have no idea. Both. <laughs> it turns out that one of them was just See, made the, the with worst B-roll part is, footage from the so first I one. So I took their Rotten Tomatoes audience score and then the uh, critic score. And you did this so that you them. could fuck us over on this. <laughs> and it... Uh. Okay, so one of them is Hillary's America. Hillary's America... Versus absolute proof. Uh, Okay, proof. Okay, Hillary's America, the secret history of the Democrat. Oh, Dinesh D'Souza. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, I really don't like this one because that guy sucks. What's what's the other one? Uh, okay, absolute proof, and it came out in 2020. Absolute proof. And this one actually, Mike Lindell. That's the My Pillow CEO. (laughs) Yeah, this is. Can we throw this whole bracket out? <laughs> this bracket is like a beautiful rose bush. No, no, no. But it's got this one branch that is just rotting and diseased and This is festering. the moss that's growing on the side of the sewage This plant. is the- This cr- is what this No, this is-, is No, okay. I will not disparage Cronenberg. <laughs> by saying that this no, is no, no. this is the the vagina <laughs> <laughs> this is the vagina of rose. the mouth <laughs> the vagina rose stomach 
<laughs> intestines. No. I've got a way to get us out of this, Carl. Proof of life is heads. Or whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> uh, the proof one goes on. Mike Lindell beats Dinesh DeSouza. That's pretty fucking awful. Okay. <laughs> That's what the coin Next. said, not me. <laughs> Absolute proof versus. All right. So moving up, we have, uh, let's see. Let's go with number three, Transformers Revenge versus number 14, Movie 43. Ooh. Okay. I have no desire to watch any of the Transformers movies. I did see part of movie 43 and it's not good. Was it the segment but, with Hugh Jackman and the balls on his chin? No. <laughs> I didn't get that far. That was the beginning of the movie, I thought. Well, maybe it was that so I don't remember what I saw out of it. But I remember not liking it, but not adamantly hating it. So I'm going to say movie 43 should move on. I have a no Michael Bay policy. I'm always going to vote against Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, wait till it's Michael Bay versus Michael Bay. <laughs> um, I'll still be voting against him. So there you go. I feel like movie 43 as like conceptually is actually a great idea that was just like executed. I mean, it's the same formula like they've been doing since like Kentucky Fried Movie. It's basically a series of interconnected <clears throat> sketches that are a pitch. I think the reason why a it rambling doesn't work insane pitch. was because it's all different directors doing each segment. And so they there's too many to line up. That seems to be the criticism I've heard the most. That see and it's was the, one of the not funny. It's just so much just toilet humor jokes that's like, my issue is they this is what it is like the premise is good they picked the wrong people to execute it they should have been like this is what they should have been like they should have been like okay uh it's always sunny crew you get a segment fucking tina fey you get a segment fucking conan o'brien your team gets a segment fucking like give it to the B bob odenkirk your team gets a comedy bang bang team gets a fucking segment of movie 43 that's how you fucking do it fucking david cross bob odenkirk you get a segment scott ackerman comedy bang bang you get a segment fucking is this the transformer movie that has the guy holding up the card that says the law or the age of consent in whatever state they're in um no i don't wait maybe it is Revenge yeah, it's still that franchise, dude. I, I've yeah. got to say. Well, no, I think. <laughs> I have to go if, against Transformers. If it's the one that I think it is, if it's the one that I think it is, it may be the one that just has like insanely bad racial stereotype Transformer bots. Yeah. But it also could be that consent thing, too. If it's the first one with Either Mark way. Wahlberg, <laughs> I think the, it's the first one with Mark Wahlberg that has that scene in it because it's the guy that's dating his daughter that has the card. Which Ugh. is also fucked up. Anyways, yeah, I actually vote for movie 43 as well because even though it was executed badly by the wrong people, it had the potential to be good. And I'd like to see something similar get made well. That would be cool. But it had to be for a streaming platform at this point. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. I'll sit at home and watch it. I don't want to go to a theater to watch something like that. And that's why. It's a comedy. <laughs> I don't like It's not necessary. I like my house. My cat isn't my house. I can't take my cat to the theater. Okay, next. So, number four, we have Dirty Love versus Saving Christmas. So, Saving Christmas is it's, the Kirk Cameron. Yep. Ooh, yeah. What's, what's like, Dirty Love? Dirty Love is uh, Jenny McCarthy being crazy. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I've seen parts of Dirty Love. It is not good. <laughs> I've also seen the trailer for Surviving Christmas, 
and like it makes me adamantly hate the human race. So, <laughs> Surviving Christmas is pro of the two. It's probably the one that's done more damage to the human race. Yes, it has a scene but, where Kirk Cameron like turns. Oh no, it's a. I know. Okay, I can know. I tell the listener because it's been a while since I addressed this piece of shit. Uh, he turns <laughs> to the woman and like talks about how Christians are prosecuted. And like how, like basically she doesn't believe in God and he teaches her to believe in God so that she can like celebrate Christmas properly, like the correct way. And I think she's a this is dumb the thing, woman. That's like I'm pretty the, sure the, that she believes in God, but she doesn't believe in God the right way. Maybe that's what way, he yeah. teaches her the right way to be a Christian. But he literally both in the trailer. There's two separate scenes where he's literally lecturing the audience in the trailer for <laughs> yeah. this oh, movie. Well, and it, the whole movie's a lecture. A lot <laughs> like as the relationship, the marriage is struggling. Right, the. Kirk Cameron, the husband, goes to his dad for advice, and his dad gives him advice, and his dad is also just talking directly to the audience right. and telling them yeah. how to live their lives and be Christians. And be good. it's it's really bad. But Maggie Mae Fish, as who regular listeners know, I fucking think she's one of the best. I love that lady, and she did a video on this that you have to fucking watch because she fucking tears it down and explains. In such wonderful detail, how fucking awful it is. And if it didn't exist, she wouldn't have gotten to make that video tearing it down. So I'm still voting against Surviving Christmas, dude. Like, it made me upset okay, so watching that trailer. Yeah. Break the tie then. Oh, I'm I definitely dirty love. I can't I can't give any love to that, that you piece just of Christmas, wait, saving Christmas. You just like Alicia Silverstone. Wait, you said Jenny McCarthy. Never mind. Jenny, Jenny McCarthy. McCarthy. Are they not the same person? No. <laughs> are, we are we sure? Just moving back I've and forth. I've never really heard fast. anything negative about Alicia Silverstone. Isn't yeah. she like an anti-vac? Oh, wait. That's I'm, Jenny McCarthy. That's Jenny that's, McCarthy. Is <laughs> they're the, the same person. No. Her have and Kirk Cameron are the them? same person have because you, Kirk Cameron's probably also an anti-vaxxer. Have you ever seen Alicia Silverstone and Jenny McCarthy in the same room at the same time? No, but I could tell the difference in their faces and uh, bodies. <laughs> I think one of them is when she's taking her meds, and one of them is when she's not taking her meds. I have never seen one and mistaken it for the other. They this both, is your thing. They dude. both go to the Kids' <laughs> Choice Awards and drink children children's blood. <laughs> I don't know if they have blood. I boys, have been but... spending way too much time on sub conspiracy subreddits. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, Carl: Are birds real? <laughs> Welcome to Night Vale. They stole that. <laughs> Birds aren't real, motherfuckers. Stole that from Welcome to Night Vale. Credit where credit is due, you piece of shit. He's like 17-year-old kid. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very uh, not unhinged. Okay, next in the bracket. All right, number five, we have Cats versus Basic Instinct 2. I want Cats to exist. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't. I've never watched it. I don't think it's good, but I want it to exist. So I vote for cats. I'm going to give it to Basic Instinct 2 because I think Sharon Stone gets the... It's not a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It's terrible. But like, I think Sharon Stone had to do that because Hollywood unfairly shoved her off to the side. 
And I think there was more good Sharon Stone to be had if they had let Is it she happen. done? Oh, yeah. When's the last time you've seen her? I'm just saying, she's not dead, though. She could no, still but she's, do something. She's been in movie jail for a long time. But she could. She still has time to make something better than Basic Instinct 2. I let's mean, give her, her follow-up was let's probably just, I'm just saying. Woman. <laughs> I'm saying, let's give her the chance. That's what I'm trying let's to not do, close but... the door in her face and say, okay, Basic Instinct 2 is the best you're ever going to do. You know, I gonna give this one to cats because yes i mean sharon stone i just rewatched uh the quick and the dead and she's like basically the main character in that and she is pretty awful in that he doesn't like oh, her. oh dude she's <laughs> awesome in that movie no nope. she's boring as fuck. he didn't like her but i'm all i know is that alex would have voted for cats in a heartbeat if we were talking about the butthole cut <laughs> <laughs> yeah they took out the buttholes what the hell <laughs> Give me my buttholes. Give me Sharon my... Stone, not afraid to show a butthole. All right, let's move <laughs> yeah, on. I was going to say, and that is a point in favor of basic scene two, is that that is the butthole cut. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. I haven't watched it. All right. So... I would be honestly embarrassed to see any actor's butthole. For them to spread their cheeks so you could actually see the butthole yeah, part I saw, of the butt. I saw Anne Heche's in, in the remake of Psycho because she does the shower scene and she does show the brown eye in that like she falls over in the shower it's the only scene it's, em- it's like it's embarrassing van zant breaks yeah. what alfred hitchcock did in the framing device because he wanted to show more but couldn't because <laughs> of the haze code so <laughs> he's like I'll, i got you hitchcock you never got to show you never got to show butthole in your movie I, i'll years I'll after you your solid. death <laughs> i'll honor your memory by doing what you could not and showing a, a woman's butthole on, in a movie uh yeah i I don't like it. <laughs> I don't Gotta like it say, either. I don't yeah. like it. And I don't, and it's not, it's not like in a prudish way. It's just like, I don't know, man. It's like, you don't it's need like, it. yeah, I just don't need it. <laughs> I don't need to see that weird little wrinkly puckered thing. I see animals. I see animals, buttholes. I don't want to do that, but I have to. And it's not a pleasant thing. I'm not well, hung up on sexuality, man. <laughs> just, it's not even a matter well it's not even a matter of sex either it's just like show me yeah them. i hate when, sh- I hate when the cat like sits right in front it's, of you and like butthole right in your fucking face yep show yeah. me that taylor swift cat butthole <laughs> I <wanna see> it. <laughs> you made it about taylor swift why didn't she make it about jason derulo <laughs> she they, was the very first they digitally removed okay. his penis from she that was movie. the very first actress that popped in my head with cats because she was the first reason why i didn't want to see cats <laughs> She was the first actress that popped into your head when I said visible butthole. <laughs> you yep. were like, that's what I want. You didn't, you didn't no, go for no, you know, no, no. She does, Not what I want. She does, you know, when she walks around in public to fuck with the paparazzi, she walks backwards. Taylor Swift does. That's one of her tactics for throwing the paparazzi off is to oh, walk backwards. So she that's is really walking interesting. everywhere so when she, she goes, has, she's heading their butthole first. So when she has her <laughs> So when she has her publicist called to say that she's going to get a latte over on fourth and this is viewing. more like no no. This is more like when she gets off the airplane airport and goes from the 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 gate to her limo. She walks backwards through the airport. That's what I'm talking about. That kind of thing. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I just yeah, I like people just follow behind her and take pictures. I don't know. I can't get out of my head hearing a couple of celebrities who used to be A-list who had like dropped 
way down that we're talking to some uh, old TMZ people. So it was almost like this meeting of the minds thing. And they were openly talking about how publicists would like, they would say, okay, they would arrange things oh, during yeah. the week where they're like, I'm going to this place for dinner so you can go and take the photograph so that when they were photographed, they could be photographed like looking nice and like be prepared for yep. it. And that was the unspoken agreement that they had between them. And that shit still exists, but we pretend like it doesn't. We pretend like they're hounded. That shit well, only happens when it's like Amy Fisher but that's the, shit. No, that's yeah. the thing though, is that there are safe spaces where you do plan to go to get your picture taken. Taken, which means that when you get ambushed outside your apartment just trying to mind your own business, you are being hounded because there is a time and a place for people taking pictures of you looking good. They're trying to catch you when you don't. Those guys, those those actors don't look good 24 hours a day. That's where you end up with a picture of Ben Affleck smoking a cigarette, like staring at the sky, just <sighs> yeah, or like the sad or sad Keanu on the subway. Yeah. yeah, like, well, we get we get a lot of these because people have cell phones now. Right? Like Conan O'Brien tells a story. They snap a picture and then they send it to TMZ. Conan O'Brien tells a story about going to Italy and going to this restaurant, and he didn't know that the restaurant was where famous people go to do that sort of thing. And so the paparazzi are there, and that's like part of it. And so he like comes out, and a bunch of people jump out and start taking pictures of him. And then after they've taken like twenty pictures, one of them's just like, "That's cool. Wait, who the fuck are you?" <laughs> like, who is who the, <laughs> wasting all these pictures on this guy? Because <laughs> who knows fucking Conan O'Brien in Italy? Nobody. All Nobody. right. Who let's knows? move on. Next bracket. We got the love guru Ugh. versus <laughs> Holmes and Watson. Ugh. I'm going Holmes and Watson just because I have a lot more uh, love for... John C. Riley, Kristen Shaw, and Lauren Lapkus. Even if the movie's bad, I haven't seen it. I've heard it's I'll bad. I'll throw Will Ferrell into that sure. mix as well. Yeah. 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 And that's I'm also gonna go Holmes and Watson as well. I'm aware that both of these are like you should have known good. better movies. <laughs> yeah. Basically and it's all like <laughs> these people have there's so many other movies that have but they don't do the, or like. Mike my, Myers is playing an Indian. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. where I'm trying to go with that. That's not yeah. a good look. Bad yeah. idea. Like, Love Guru is just worse for society. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm not a big fan of the actor playing multiple roles in a movie. Like, it's fine. Like, it's, but I don't care, you know? Like, I'd much rather watch uh, Mike Myers just be Wayne for a whole movie, you know? And I'm okay with the dual role. Of like Doctor Evil and Austin Powers, or like, but I don't like that. Basically, Mike bastard. Myers and Mike Myers is Scottish dad, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah, and who, and yeah, yeah. Like two, I like. I'm okay with, the, and even that with, like, say Adam Sandler and Jack and Jill. That's too too many. That's one. We two. haven't got there yet. Come on, <laughs> it's that's on the <laughs> list. Of course <laughs> it is. Of course it is. Okay, so we vote. We vote for. I'm. I'm essentially. I'm voting for the people in the movie that I. Yeah. Yeah. That Dude, I care all about. of these are rationalizations. There's no good choices. <laughs> yeah. it sounds no. Like. No. All right. So we got number seven: the Emoji Movie versus The Last Airbender. Okay, Patrick Stewart. Let me just explain that I have no love for The Last Airbender show because I don't watch it, so yep. I don't care. Don't but care. Furthermore, I've been tortured with the Emoji Movie no less than five times in my house because all my kids fucking love that movie i know without a doubt that the emoji movie has to be in the top 20 worst movies ever made so i am going to do the last airbender i'm going to move that along now patrick stewart was proud to play the poop emoji 
and I'm proud to vote for him. <laughs> so that's me. Tiebreaker. Tiebreaker here. So I'm going to actually go with The Last Airbender. I <laughs> actually kind of like enjoyed it. You liked it. But I did. I, I didn't see. I never really got. I, I never you don't watched give the show. two shits about the cartoon. Yeah, yeah that's it. I don't. Ca- I haven't seen the you movie know, or the cartoon. I've heard that the. I've heard wonderful things about Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I'm sure they're mostly true. But the show simply cannot be as good as its fans act like it is all the time. <laughs> it's true. It cannot be that good. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are projecting something onto it that they need to put onto it to make it this thing so that they can I don't know not kill themselves it seems it seems desperate their love for that show feels desperate <laughs> so, you know and I'm skeptical I'm so skeptical of it that's that's where I come down on Avatar the the, the cartoon <laughs> but man Shyamalan man. He was fat and zero what the fuck in that was he period. thinking? Yeah. Yeah. That, this is his what worst the fuck period. was he? Yeah. How could he take that movie and be like, and be a colored person of color himself and be like, you know what I should do? Make all these white people. <laughs> what? <sighs> Man. For a live action version of an anime. That yep. has to yep. be a movie. That has to be a movie that was like. 98% studio interference. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how interfering did Nickelodeon get because it was a Nickelodeon movie. Somebody, and focus groups know, and fucking people that didn't understand the cartoon. Well, I think the- Nobody car- understood. I think the cartoon was off the air for a while and it might've been like the Roger Corman- Who owns Nickelodeon? Sort of deal where they're- uh, Viacom. Yeah. So there was so some Viacom I don't know if they were tied in with Paramount at that point, but Shineheart, they're tied in with Paramount now. Who at yeah. Shineheart Wig Company <laughs> wanted to <laughs> fucking screw this movie up? Maybe there was like some crazy asshole executive that just like hates Avatar The Last Airbender and was like- I'm willing to torch I am my going company to, for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to- do everything I can to sabotage to this. Yeah. I'd do it, man. I'd be like, <laughs> if the, you gave me control of it, I'd be like, get Jared Hess on the line. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to homeschool the kid. <laughs> <laughs> he don't levels even, up every time he learns a new started. homeschool lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Next bracket. All right. The final two movies we have Jack and Jill. <laughs> there it is versus i know who killed me uh i vote i know who killed me yeah i will too like that movie that was, movie's just bad it's yeah it's but just it's bad. not like offensively bad it's just bad it's for jack and bad. jill i could tell from nope. the trailer that it was like nope. i'm never watching this and then somebody told me al pacino was in it and i was oh, like God. really that and they is... were like yeah and i was like i'm still not watching it but that's haunting that, <laughs> yeah the dunkin donuts commercial he does in that movie is gotta be the like absolute worst thing al pacino has ever put on screen that's fair i mean the <laughs> like, bar is pretty high in that regard or i mean low high <laughs> high the bar is high like most of the shit Al Pacino does is good. Yeah. For this to be bad. He's been in some bad shit though. I would say like 2000s forward, he's been in a lot. But I of mean, bad he's shit. one of those people that even in bad stuff, he's not really bad. He's just kind of even, he's just like, 
He's just it not depends trying on how hard. you feel about Screamy Pacino. I feel like he's always trying, but he wound up going into Screamy mode for a while. And then as soon as he got out of Screamy mode, he was in a bunch of good stuff. See, what so, I like yeah. is when I like when he does like the loud, quiet back and forth thing. Yes. That's what I like is when he's like, whoa. And then he kind of mutters a little bit. And then he gets a little bit riled up. And then he's Yeah, like the again. Godfather is like example A of that. Like yeah. he's very quiet and controlled, but when he does raise his voice, it's like a little frightening. Scent because... of a woman's what I was thinking of. Right. That's where he gets honored for scream. Because I screamy refuse Pacino. to acknowledge that the Godfather movies even exist. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have a bad time when I review the <laughs> offer, which is going to happen after oh, the 10th episode I'm comes up. I'm sick that day. All right. <laughs> well, this is the quarterfinals, I guess. The Iron So Dome. these are all movies that we like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these are all a list of Alex's favorite movies of all time. So we're going to go with uh, Fan Four Stick versus I Know Who Killed Me. I'm going to go I Know Who Killed Me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lindsay Lohan played She's two not people. actively bad in it. It's just an actively <laughs> bad movie, right? I can't pick out a performance that's good in Fan Stick. What I just remember, I remember the movie being a solid mystery box movie, and then they open the mystery box at the end, and you're like, you just filled the box with poop? What? <laughs> That was a bad mystery. Like, <laughs> that was, and that's the that biggest, bad... of, that's the most offensive thing about that movie, I think, is that the twist is really stupid. Yeah. yeah if I, and I, I don't remember even what the twist is, but I just know. I mean, I know. I know with my soul that it's stupid <laughs> and not in like a fun way. And not no. in a fun way. No. All right. So, cats or dirty love? Cats. God, Taylor Swift versus Jenny McCarthy. Dude, <laughs> it's not just Taylor Swift. You got Jane Duty Denson. Judy Dench, Idris Elba, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll go cats. They sing about the Jellicle Ball, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't like it, but I guess I'm going with it. You guys put me in this position to begin with. John, I, did not, I did not pick for cats to be here. John Mulaney would have done his je- Def Jam comedy about Home Alone 2. I would do my Def Jam comedy about cats. <laughs> All right. Holmes and Watson or movie 43? Holmes, Holmes and Watson. Watson. <laughs> the, mo- the evil I haven't seen has got to be better than the evil I have seen. <laughs> Yeah, and well, and again, I just like the people involved in Holmes and Watson, independent of Holmes and Watson. I mean, I like some of the people. I'm always in willing movie to give three as I'm, well. But. I will. I will always give Chris. Uh, I, I mean, always I really give like... Lauren Lapkus the benefit of the doubt. I will always, and she gets a bad rap in movies because, like, I don't think she's suited for movies, and they keep trying her out. They tried her out in the wrong Missy. I mean, but I also like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and Wolverine and Wolverine yeah, I mean, and, and Logan. Oh, I mean, the dude in the prestige when he played the guy in the prestige and that other time we played Wolverine, like <laughs> <laughs> Logan. The last airbender versus absolute proof. Oh my god. Uh last airbender, easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. It's gonna have to <laughs> Why be. did I even hesitate? Because it's I I mean, we can't. Run. We can't give the album. The, we cannot. Pillow, the, yeah, like, we cannot give Mike Lindell any more wins. I, I was trying to like remember what absolute proof was because yeah, maybe that, that was the hesitation. Nothing. That was the hesitation. Yeah, was like that. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. I know who killed me or cats. I know who killed me. Cats. 
Jason Derulo. <sighs> Lindsay Lohan as a stripper Dude, who never gets naked. They pick a cat to die. That's that's and, what the cat that and wins got, the Jellicle Ball wins. And it's got death. Rebel Wilson in it. Yeah, James Corden is in it. James Corden in it? Oh, yeah, he is. (laughs) And he's just singing away. But Rebel Wilson is good, though. Okay. Um, You sold me on I Know Who Killed Me. (laughs) I have have not seen either of these movies, but I'm like, oh. (laughs) You know, I got to be honest. And I really hate I actually was really going out of my way to not bring up James Corden because I knew knew that was the nail in the coffin of cats as James Corden. God, that guy. How did that guy ever have any? It's got some good cast. It's got some fucking wretched cast, too. How was James? Did that guy ever even get a career at all? Like everything he does is terrible. There's he has zero entertainment qual qualifications in my I mind. I feel like Craig Ferguson, even though I love people Craig really Ferguson. loved him, it did feel like they kind of like rolled the cube and were just like, Yeah, I don't know, it's Craig Ferguson. And so I think they were just like high on their own supply and they were like, We could make anybody honestly, a star because no, this last one panned I think, out. Honestly, I think that James Corden feels like the polar opposite in many ways of Oh, very different. Of yeah. Craig Ferguson. Because one thing about Craig Ferguson is that he was kind of like, like raw and, and like kind of dark and like uncouth humor. and like, and real and a little raunchy. And James Corden is like sexless and sanitized. And like his humor is like tamer than Ellen, you know? It's just like, let's sing cars, karaoke in cars, you know? Like just nice, friendly totally safe stuff like safe we're safe now you're safe (laughs) let us tuck you in and put you to bed with james corden we're like with craig ferguson it'd be like i know he doesn't drink anymore but he's the perfect guy that i want to be up with me late at night while i'm up late drinking so what you're saying is if it had been james corden instead of chris rock chris rock never gets slapped what? Because he's sexless and sanitized and safe. He would never put Jada Pinkett Smith's name in his mouth, right? James Corden. Man, I would like Will Smith to slap James Corden in the face. <laughs> I think everybody. I think that if James Corden had been the one that got slapped by, I think that the entire Academy crowd would have. Would hand him an award stand, and applaud like they did with Chris Rock. No, I'm saying standing ovation right there in the moment. But <laughs> we were all thinking it. <laughs> all right. What's are we last done? of the semifinals? We have Holmes and Watson. Hold on, you don't get to sidestep this. Did you did you pick cats or did you pick the Lohan joint? No, I I told you. I oh, did. you did. It was so long ago. I, I know who killed me. Because <laughs> that's how we got on the whole James Corden. Uh, Holmes and Watson versus the last airbender. Holmes and Watson. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. You know what? I think I know what's coming out on top. <laughs> so Holmes and Watson, or I know who killed me. Holmes and Watson. Easy. Easy. Dude, even if that movie is terrible, even if that Holmes and Watson is terrible there, I know there are scenes in that movie that may, would make me laugh. I will say that there are things that John C. Riley would say with his silly face. I will say the thing that's damning about it, though, is that neither movie made me laugh, but one of them is supposed to. <laughs> you saw them both. 
No, I saw the trailer for the other one. <laughs> the trailer for Holmes and Watson. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's not enough. You didn't get to see any scenes really with Lauren Lapkus. I'm sure she's Neither got some you. laughs. Neither did you. You're also I'm a sure student. she's got some laughs. <laughs> she's great. I'm going to be very real with you. I'm going to pick the Lindsay Lohan Damn one you. because because stop pure, trying. No, no, purely because Brandon made us like fucking pick between two conservative douchebag movies. And so <laughs> I'm going to make Brandon like pick one of these movies. Oh, you just want to make him You're gonna throw make the, final cat, the... the final vote? <laughs> I want to make him eat right. a shit sandwich. <laughs> all right, Brandon, <laughs> this final vote is up to you. This is all in your hands. Are you going to make the right decision? Oh, oh God. They're... And allow Kirsten Shaw. I think Kirsten Shaw is in Giant movie. douche or turd sandwich. Are you going to make the wrong decision or the wronger decision, <laughs> Brent? Yeah, come on. Don't be wronger. <coughs> Just be wrong. I think I'm going to go with I Know Who Killed Me. You're such a monster. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a good movie. Great no, finds. I, I, I have seen neither of these Rebecca movies. Hall. Yeah, it's not good. None of these movies were good. There was not a, I sometimes like the Razzies are really shitty and they like put up something where it's like definitively like this is not as bad as you say. You just want to go after a celebrity. These are all pretty bad. So I <laughs> right, so but they're just, also low so, hanging fruit. Yeah. So and they don't deserve to be singled out and ridiculed. So we pretty much just Confirmed that for the last 16 years, these movies like are pretty fucking awful. Yeah, for the worst picture. Yeah, but it also doesn't <laughs> seem I would fair also, to even the, there's, put but the, yeah. any of those movies in the same category as like those two conservative documentary pieces of yeah. shit. Those see now we're saying that Holmes and Watson is on the same level as that fucking piece. No, of shit. we elevated Holmes and Watson. But I'm above. saying but that I mean, that's what they're doing. Oh yeah, yeah. And so fuck them because they don't. And again, like I would also say that like their entire thing is built off of negative energy, and on top of it. They picked The Shining as worst picture. Like, you go back to, what, 1980? They picked The Shining. Like, Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. See, they make bad decisions. But see, also along those lines is I wonder if the people that were making the Razzies in that era were even looking at movies in the same way that we look at them now, yeah. you know? Because, like... I think they were like, looking at it the same way, though, which how is, do like, they evaluate Kubrick, Kubrick has been on... On high, and now we're going to take him down a peg, which also, is what the Razzies love to do. Consider that a lot fewer movies were being made in that time compared like, to now. Okay, point yeah. me out one movie on there where it doesn't have a director or a star who used to be on high, and then like this is their chance to like chopping their leg out from under them. Like, we're going to kick you when you're down. Fuck you. Like, they're all that, every single one of them. Yeah, no, I don't necessarily think. Well, okay, the Avatar one, I don't think was. Oh, that was M Night Shyamalan. That was a swing and a miss, but that was a big swing. He was in a spiral at this point. Like, yeah, they're kicking him while he's down. Yeah, (laughs) not with a budget. Like, like the whole point. The reason why that movie was such a bomb is because not only was it completely mischaracterizing blah 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 blah, but they got a big budget. Like, you don't just give that big of a budget to somebody if you think they're circling the drain. But he was. Like, okay, that's why he but was... He, let, let me put it this way. Like, uh, 
pod, a podcast we both love, Blank Check. Their very first series was on M. Night Shyamalan because he's the perfect Blank Check example. Like his first big movie is The Sixth Sense, and he follows it up with uh, Unbreakable, which is huge, right? And then he follows that up with, uh, what was it after that? Was it Lady in the Water the next one, or was there something following that? But it Unbreakable? Bas- he starts out no, Unbreakable is like the second one. Like Sixth Sense was like his first yeah, really I'm saying big hit. That was what you're, what fall you're saying was it Lady in the Water that followed Unbreakable? Is that I, what you were asking? Yeah, but I can't remember if it's directly after it or like No, the next one was Signs. Okay, yeah, then Signs, which and is Signs was also Signs was after Unbreakable. So yeah. it was Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs. Okay, so it's Signs, it's a hit, but people are like, uh, like there's a lot of people are like, that's, that's stupid. where they're starting to turn like, on yeah. public like opinion. Like water, really? Why do you go to Plant with Water? Like that kind of stuff. Then like The Village, which yeah. actually I watched and it's I, not don't, bad. I don't think it's as bad as people think it is, but people really turned on him. They didn't like the twist. Lady so, of the Water, nobody seems to like. Like everybody yeah. hated that. And then he just had this string of movies. Nobody so wants then you to go watch Lady in the Water, Giamatti then you have The Happening, the um, then The Last Airbender. So that was like three bombs in a row right there. Yeah. Okay, but I still, I mean, I guess what it is is he still got, so by the time Avatar came out, the other two movies had come out. But I'm sure with like the way the production cycles of things, like by the time he received his budget for Avatar, he hadn't quite taken the hits yet from the two previous so he was still, you're saying, he's still riding that cloud of goodwill I think when he gets that movie financed. I think it's also, it's it's the term, like, Blank Check based their whole show off of this, right? Like, you hit the zeitgeisty movie and people are like, you can make anything you want now, you've got a Blank Check. And sometimes that goes for a while because people are like, I don't know, he did write The Sixth Sense and, like, that was a huge hit. So people are always aware that, like, if I pass on this, this might be the next big thing. If he does it and like, that's kind of how this stuff happens with guys like M night Shyamalan is they get to keep making chances because he had hits early in his career and he's making hits again. I mean, they're, they're lower budget, but they're doing well. You know, he's also putting his own money into it. So that helps a lot. Yeah. And probably motivates him to make a better. And that's it means, what he said. It he also said he means, has to be scared. So it he also like means that he's not getting money. interfered with as much, you know, but, that's right. a double-edged sword because sometimes you need people to put Ground you in check. You. Like, yeah. fucking what's... But I think he's doing it for, like, Blumhouse. And so he's, like, putting in $5 million on the last three budgets and then they match the same amount. So he is, like, a 50% partner in the profits. So he gets more profits. But, like, you know, he might lose his fucking house if it doesn't <laughs> over well either. Yeah. So. yeah. And I mean, well, it's, but pro- it's probably last... bigger than it needs to be anyways. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed what was the last one I saw was what old. Old. Yeah. I think that was the last one. Old. And I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, and you know it... what I'll say is that movie's got just as many plot holes and crazy shit, but honestly, who gives a fuck? Do you like, watch at this point? We've learned you don't watch M night Shyamalan for fucking a, a seamless ship no i d- it never sinks you watch it for a whole riddled monster that somehow still stays yeah afloat. but and like- that's the crazy thing is like the first movie was what you're describing which is what fooled everybody that's not who he is as a director I though he immediately just knew it. that bruce willis was dead at the beginning of that movie you were one of the only ones who knew that no nope, it was obvious <laughs> it was fucking obvious obvious 
obvious. So I will what? die on that hill. You were what? And I don't think I'm like. Hold on. I don't think I'm extra smart or nothing. I don't think I'm right. like. What year was that? I don't got no extra sensory perception. So it was obvious. He gets shot like in the stomach. 99. So you were Dude, what? that is a hard thing to survive. So you were like 15? When year? What year? 99. 99, 83 was when I was born. You want me to do the math for you? Yeah, do the math for me. <laughs> 16. 16. <laughs> yeah, sure. Or 15, depending. Yeah, I figured um, it out. I, it's, I'm not like smarter than anybody. Definitely not. But you're making it out like you are right now. No, I'm saying <laughs> that, well... In this particular regard, I would say that I probably, due to like the kind of shit that I was into, I was just primed to sort of see the clues. That's there cool. were clues. But here, here's the thing. But I don't there think- There were clues, but most people, I would say the vast majority of people who were watching that movie at the time did not know there was a twist. And that's why we got hoodwinked. Because like, we didn't know we were looking for a twist. Right. It wasn't presented like still there, this. though. Like, once you see that movie, every time you go into an M. Night Shyamalan movie, you're waiting for the twist because right. you know he's going to do a twist. And then he doesn't- but we didn't know with that one. Not do a twist to subvert your expectations. Of wanting it. Well, the last airbender was as bad as people thought it would be, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Wait. I don't think people really. The last expected. airbender, did people like this movie? No. no really like this nobody movie. Nobody liked it. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All I'm saying is that I think that him being dead was telegraphed early on in the movie. No, no, it was, but we weren't looking for signs of that, which is why most people didn't see that. And if you're going into a movie that has a mystery, then you're like looking for the mystery, like you're looking for the twist. But if you don't know you're looking for that thing, it wasn't presented as that kind of movie, which is why it fooled most people. Right. I, like I'm recognizing it's all it's all there. Excuses for why you Oh, didn't it's see totally it. it's all it's there. It's all there. But... And I could see that like somebody could pick it up. I just as with most well, people did not pick it up because I know, didn't know I was looking for maybe it. Maybe if you you know, if you had the kind of particular insight maybe into film like I have. I'm ending it there. So <laughs> You get to sell like the biggest douchiest douche ever. <laughs> Take it easy. Please rate and review our show. Sign up for an anchor account and you can leave voice messages through a link in the description of the podcast or you can answer our poll questions. Reach out to us through Instagram at redwood underscore sound underscore labs or Facebook at facebook.com slash redwood sound labs. Email us at notsafernetwork at gmail.com. Not Safer Network was created and hosted by Carl Borneman, Brandon Beardsley, and Alex Small. Produced by Aaron Donaldson and Alex Small. Zach and Matt discuss some of the best and worst horror movies out there. Check out all four seasons of Watch No Evil. Lauren and Sarah riff on changing topics each week. Whether it's celebrity horoscopes, the poop cruise, or smell-o-vision, you'll laugh along with Dippers. Catch up on pop culture news and reviews every week with Brandon Biggs and Carl on Not Safe for Network. Professor Aaron Donaldson and Purple Heart recipient Charles Horgan break down war movies, their narratives, and the rhetoric behind them on Real War Project. 